This is Business Rockstars. I'm Alex Worley. Welcome to the show. Joining me right now, Henry Holm. He's the CEO of Fandom Sports Media. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So if you could share, what is Fandom Sports Media? Okay. Well, Fandom Sports Media is a mobile-only social media application for sports fans. It's a platform where fans settle the score. You go into the app, you vote, you debate, and you rationalize your viewpoint of view and, and reasons to sports arguments. So tell me about how you started working for Fandom Sports Media and why it was such a good fit. Okay, so my background is in mobile gaming. So I worked for the Angry Birds brand at the very early stage of the company. So 2011 to 2014, we created a brand which is known by 97% of the people on planet Earth. While you're it's biggest, huge. It's huge, like business rock stars. And then I worked in a sports media company for three years uh, based out of Dubai. And putting those two things together, the mobile gaming platform and uh, social engagement, and then sports brought me to the fandom sports media. So would you call yourself an entrepreneur? I would call myself cautiously as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur usually is a person in my mind who comes up with the greatest ideas. I love to work with those people. I like, I'm not necessarily the one who comes up with the best idea. I'm usually the one who likes to work with the idea and run with the idea and make it work. But obviously you have to have a lot of entrepreneurial characteristics. So what aspects of yourself and your job do you think are entrepreneurial in nature? I think entrepreneurial characteristics are you need to be able to deal with a lot of ambiguity. As long as you understand yourself and the situation, it's actually quite easy. You know, it's, it's not that it's something that there's a lot of unknown what happens. You have to be systematic in planning because most of your plans will not work out as you thought they would. So be prepared to fail nine times to be successful on the 10th. Yeah. So have you always worked with startups? I've worked with startups since 2011. Uh, I did get hired by a startup uh, in my early career, and which grew up into a very large company and operation globally. But as people and the companies grow within the organization, you start to lose that entrepreneurial spirit. That was something what I started to really, really, really I miss in my job. And after I finished my postgraduate studies, I felt that you know it would be the right time to go back. Yeah. So having experienced both um, more of a big successful company and also working with startups, what are the main differences? Startups, you have a you actually have a luxury of creating a very disruptive force. You either can ride the wave of the trend or you can start creating the trend. It's far more difficult, of course, to create the trend than being the friend of the trend. So what we see now in a sports media landscape, we are literally just aligning with the trend, what's happening out there, and trying to get all those business parameters to work for our own business model and make our business successful, while not necessarily disrupting or changing anything else in the landscape, which is already changing. So how would you say that you create the trend? Well, if you look at the, you know, creating the trend, so mobile has been the trend for the last 15 years. What is really happening in the last 10 years is that the mobile devices through their interactive screens and experiences and the applications is overtaking the mass media or other types of, of media and, and consumption. We touch our devices roughly 150 times a day. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that you know already is part of the trend. What you want to be doing and creating the you know, trend for yourself is that how many times 
are you relevant for your consumer during those 150 times a day you know, uh, engagement with the device? Mm-hmm. And if, if that share of uh, time is relevant, that it can grow, then the share of wallets as well. It will make maybe you know, one of the most successful companies out there. Having worked with multiple startups, what do you think is the key to growing and becoming successful? I would say that one of the key things is that, you know, people often talk about, let's get a lot of great people into a bus and go to somewhere is a way to fail often because the great people, if they're not aligned, they're not going to go the same direction. They're not going to end up in the same destination. Far better is to let's get a great bus, great journey, good direction, the end point where you want to go, and it will attract the great people to join. So. I would say that that's one of the things what I've learned that you, you, you will start with a very good plan and direction and idea. It will change. And if you have the right people to join that journey, you can actually sustain that till the end. Hmm. Now, you mentioned obviously what you're doing is entrepreneurial because there's a lot of uncertainty in a startup. Are you ever afraid of failing and having the company not make it? Uh, isn't that every day the the kind of the, you tell the, me yeah tell well, me what the experience well, is the fact, on a daily basis when it when you're living with that fear of failure well is it living with the fear of failure or you just live with the with the love and the passion to the project that you so much love um, so your life is is tied into the startup it's a twenty four seven relationship it's it's not that you know you would say that well I just put it in the back burner now it's something that you actually live all the time. So it becomes part of you. You become part of that journey as well. Um, being afraid of failure, then I don't think you should try because that, you know, if you haven't failed, you haven't tried enough. It's often the case that you have to find the boundaries where you actually start to be successful. And often when you work in a mobile and digital media uh, space, you have to test your hypothesis fast prototyping, getting into a point that you get your first customers, rather than having a lot of people interacting with your product, it's a good idea to have some and understand why they like it and why they don't like it. Are they the wrong customers or is your product wrong? Yeah. If you could go back in time to your early days as a entrepreneurial employee Mm -hmm. for startups, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself? I think it's a good idea to know yourself well so it's it starts from yourself you know, understanding your own what you're good at. And if you're able to say that, then you say that, well, these are the areas where you are not necessarily so good at yet, or even do you have to be? It's not about bridging the gap. I think it's more about, you know, polishing and making that one thing what you're really good at much better. Mm-hmm. What does a typical week look like? What is it like to be the CEO of a startup? It's, it's a lot, lot to do with the communication with, with your you know, key stakeholders, and be that inside of the company or outside the partners, um, making sure that your schedule aligns with theirs, not necessarily that their schedule aligns with yours. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, mashup of living life at the same time while working. I like to work about 10 hours a day max, and that will give me you know, enough flexibility to do the other things, what is important for me. We're going to talk more about building your business when we come back. So sit tight. We are the biggest entrepreneur platform on the planet. This is Business Rockstars.
one step away from homelessness being that paycheck. It was, I was just one paycheck away. So when I got there on Friday, no paycheck. There was probably another 14 people standing outside the front door who had the same conversation I had with my boss. He had skipped town, gone. And uh, I called my landlord and said, I can't pay rent. This is what happened. He said, I already gave you 30 days. I can't give you another. And that was literally, you know, day one of going into homelessness. I was in Las Vegas. I was on the streets. I didn't have a couch to sleep on or friends. I had a couch at the time. I didn't have a car. My car got repoed, so I couldn't sleep in my car. I literally slept in abandoned buildings and basically ate wherever I could find food, which included, you know, dumpsters and garbage cans. My mom was like my ace in the hole. Yeah, I expected her to say what like most moms would say, which was, you know, don't worry about it. We'll buy you a plane ticket back to Jersey. You can sleep in your old bedroom. I'll make you a cup of soup, whatever, right? And uh, she didn't say those things. Instead, she said, why don't you just go find a shelter? And very next call was to Eric, which was my last boss, my boss from years, years prior to. And he essentially said, I have this office space and this office space is very tiny. I was thinking about starting a new business, but I'm not doing it now. The best thing about this office space, because it was so tiny, was that all the utilities were included. So I had electricity, but what was really cool is I had this really, really old desktop computer on a table that's like uh, eight foot, six foot table that had internet access because utilities were included. So I took this opportunity to spend 24 hours a day online, creating a resume, submitting it to a job application, to being on Craigslist all day long, being on Monster all day long. And there was a lot of rejection, a ton of rejection. And it was all based on surface level. It was based on how I looked. When I'd walk in and people saw me, obviously I looked homeless when I walked into the lobby, they'd come running out from behind the receptionist desk and go, hey, you can't come in here. And I'd be like, but I'm here for the job. Sure you are, you can't come in here. I forgave her for everything, basically. And what I look back on it now, just knowing that she had to do exactly what she had to do for me at that time. And today what I do is I extend that opportunity to others who are in the exact same position that I was three years ago. It's amazing, but true. When it comes to one of America's biggest household expenditures, healthcare, a lot of people think they've got no choice. People are used to thinking we have to do it this way, but they don't. Yes, you have the freedom to choose an alternative with your healthcare. It's MediShare, and it costs way less than the alternatives. The typical family saves $500 a month, not a year, a month. And if you're single, this can save you a lot too. And let's face it, a big reason MediShare is 400,000 people strong, it just works. They've shared over $3 billion in medical bills, so they can help share your needs too. Joining MediShare for so many people is one of those things that makes you say, why didn't I do this before? So yes, the time has come for something better. Look into joining MediShare and see why so many people are opting out of the old way and into the new. Why not look
are the biggest entrepreneur platform on the planet. Welcome back to Business Rockstars, where I'm talking to the CEO of Fandom Sports Media. So tell me a little bit about your founder, where he came up with this idea, and really what the inspiration is. Well, thank you for asking. So Blair Nodi is the founder of the company, and he really is the capital markets expert and a sports enthusiast. So he put these two things together to create a, a fandom sports media uh, company. We are the, the, the platform where fans debate the score end of the game and during the game. So tell me a little bit about your team and any really important business partners. Okay. So the team is handpicked. We are a global team. We have no office. We work from the existing infrastructure of other big startup companies like Airbnb gives us the possibility to set up an office anywhere in the world efficiently without any back-end office costs. Uber gives us the way you know, to get the rides across the city, nowhere where we are. So it's, it's a really uh, lean operation and we have the best in the industry experts living in their own cities, doing the things what they do the best, contributing the creative uh, success of the company. How many employees total? We have a, a number of employees which varies from 7 to 17, depending on what stage we are in the uh, technology implementation and, and ramping up the teams. So you guys are very spread out. How does that work? Share maybe some of the pros and maybe the cons. Too. Okay, so so first of all, if you look at you know, when the communication stops, usually communication even within an office stops between three cubicles. So six meters, it starts to be a distance already. You know, if you're between the floors, that's already a broken communication. If you are within the one city, but two different buildings, communication doesn't even happen. If you're in a different countries or time zones, it's extremely difficult. Except if you are on that same destination and the journey. It's really easy to connect across time zones, between the countries, with the current uh, telecommunication, you know, free way of communicating with each other. So we use a lot of Slack. Everything is you know, built on that. We use a lot of uh, instant messaging applications like uh, WhatsApp. We use uh, Google Hangouts. We use Dropbox as, as the basis for the company, like every successful startup. So it's not really about anymore everybody sitting in the same office and, you know, and, and creating work for each other. It's about giving that space for everybody to perform the best work of their life. Yeah, you know, some people are under the school of thought that there's just nothing like getting in front of each other face to face and brainstorming, you know, whether that's in the same room or over video chat. Do you find that to be true at all? And do you feel like you guys are missing out on that component? I, no, I don't. We, 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 have, we have the luxury of meeting each other. So we, we, we meet, meet each other and the, that face to face time, you know, gives a, a, a elevated conversation. You talk about quite different things that you talk about over a, a, a Google Hangout call. So during the call, you would go for very detailed, and when you are in a face to face, you would more look into the in a little bit uh, to the future. You would take maybe this helicopter view of you know how things are actually working. Are we actually doing the right things? Do we do it the right way? And then you can then go back into the uh, operational details once you're back into, you know, your own home offices or, you know, home time zone mm -hmm. calls. So do you guys have a strategy for hiring the right type of people? We do. We put a lot of work out there into, for example, Craigslist. Uh, we get a lot of people to submit their best work. We get to evaluate, talk about who we are, what we do. And we look at the fit. So we don't necessarily hire a 
person based on their schooling background or what they have done before. You know, we don't have a age criteria directly. It's more about what you're being good at and what you keep yourself, you know, you know, in top of your game. You know, how do you how do you make yourself, you know, relevant for us as as a team? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in the philosophy hire slow, fire fast? I believe in philosophy of hiring slow. Firing fast creates easily a, a culture of fear. So if you you know hire based on a a systematic you know mutually agreed criteria, it's a good way of releasing a resource. I personally don't think that a, a fear culture you know creates the best products and brands. To that point, describe your culture and how you really you know bring it into fruition. Ownership. So ownership starts from the people. We have clearly defined sectors. So we have a technology, we have a demand creation or user acquisition, and we have a demand fulfillment, the content. Wherever you belong in those three areas is the place where you then go and you run with your project. You know, rest of us, we get to contribute. It's very lean and linear organization, non-hierarchical. Do you hope that the company is seen as disruptive or innovative? And if so, in what way in particular? Okay, so first of all, we don't have to be disruptive. The disruption is already there. So we just need to participate in the disruption. Innovative for sure. But are we a technology company? No, we actually are a company that participates to the best technologies out there. There's a lot of companies who have already too much to lose. They're too big to fail that they would be able to take that choice what we have already today so we've for example looked into uh, uh, technologies like blockchain and why do we look into that is to make sure that we don't have the overheads and the back-end office to manage our contracts and the content rights instead of having that we can have a software to solve that. what's been the biggest challenge so far the biggest challenge is is really putting you know the, all the puzzles and the pieces of the puzzles together. So we have different plays going on. So we have a technology play that's many puzzles itself. Then you have your content play. So we are in a in a radio programs, uh, podcasts. We have a content which is then created within our own application, getting that all synchronized and getting the brand and tone and tonality correct. And as we've been you know. In this journey now, since the launch, about 100 days, everything you know, moves very fast. You need to be able to pilot in five days, find the end of the fifth day that you know what works, what doesn't, and then fix it or ditch it. What's been the biggest success? The biggest success is definitely finding the right team, making sure that we you know, all are aligned to be going to the same direction. What we want to participate here is actually quite a big play. The whole media market, sports media market alone in USA or North America is $75 billion market 2020. And the mobile gaming market globally is over $100 billion. So there's a lot of big players out there. There's a lot lot of big brands. So we need to be able to make the partnerships work. To make that work, we got to be really good at the product and the brand level. Looking at the span of your career working with these various startups, what would you say have been the biggest lessons that you've learned? I think one of the biggest lessons is definitely understand what is the common denominator for the team to be successful. So 
if we try to get into a summit, climbing the Mount Everest, at the last level before the summit, people can't check out and leave and do something else. They can't just leave the team at that critical point. So checking people's motives and motivations is extremely important learning. Never underestimate you know, that, that as, a, as, a, as a challenge, as a leader of the, of the operations project or the company. Great lessons. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and your wisdom. Really appreciate it. We are the biggest entrepreneur platform on the planet. This is Business Rockstars. You shouldn't have to choose a random lawyer who charges expensive hourly rates when you need legal help. But the legal system is so complicated, what other choice do you have when you need help with your business or want to protect your family? Start with LegalZoom. They make it easy. For more than a decade, they've provided a way for regular people like you and me to confidently navigate the legal system. LegalZoom's not a law firm, and that's how they provide such great value. They don't rely on charging you by the hour. Instead, you'll get transparent pricing and customer reviews so you know exactly what you're getting up front. If you need help with incorporation, LLCs, trademarks, last wills, living trusts, and more, LegalZoom's the smart choice. They've got the right people on hand to answer your questions. And if you need legal advice, their network of independent attorneys can provide the straightforward guidance you need in most states. Don't let legal hurdles become an excuse. Go to LegalZoom.com today to start building your own future the right way. To save even more, enter Rockstar in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com. It's amazing, but true. When it comes to one of America's biggest household expenditures, healthcare. Welcome back to Business Rockstars. Now let's go to Mark Lack. Joining us right now is Grant Miller. He's the founder at Replicated. Good to have you on the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So Replicated, tell us about your company. What's it do? Uh, yeah, so basically we enable SaaS companies to create enterprise versions of their products. Uh, so imagine their Salesforce. There's big companies that want to use Salesforce's product, but put it in their own private data center or go on-prem. We create some technology that makes that a lot simpler and you know, allows these companies to reach Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. So are they white-labeling it? Uh, they're not white labeling. They're, they're just uh, deploying a private instance, right? So, you, you know, okay. maybe JP Morgan or Bank of America wants to have a private instance of these applications and not be on the multi tenant sort of version of these softwares. Okay. How'd you get into this business? This isn't something that just like yeah. happens overnight, I feel like. Sometimes there's some businesses that are a little bit easier, like just selling a normal product, but you're facilitating services of software products and businesses with enterprise companies. So yeah. you must have had a background that led you into that. Yeah, it, it definitely takes a lot of uh, experience sort of in the enterprise software ecosystem to understand yeah. this problem. And so um, the backstory is that my co-founder uh, from Replicated, Mark Campbell, he and I started a separate company together uh, about five years ago. And so that was, that was actually a SaaS application, um, a plugin for mobile apps to the, allow companies to do live customer support chat from a mobile application. Okay. So company that used our, our stuff was called Hotel Tonight. So it's a popular, with them, yeah, right? great uh, hotel booking app. And so if you're booking a hotel with them, we would yeah. basically power this technology to overlay this chat experience in there. Um, mm -hmm. And so we started that company uh, together, got some success, was acquired by a company called Live Person based out of New York. They kind of created the category of, of customer success and customer. Was that your first business that got acquired? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. So Congrats. I had started several That's companies. That's like the dream right there. Yeah, it was, it was a, <laughs> Nine months after we started it, too. So. Well, how did it make you feel to know that 
you finally were able to have another business come in and acquire a company? Because I feel like that's at least one of the versions of a dream of most entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, I, you know, for us, when we were starting that company, uh, we didn't really know what we were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mark and I had been like at startups, like working at startups for a long time. And we had seen like millions of dollars of value created, right? And so we sort of set off with the like, hey, we've, we've built value before. Let's like yeah. build value for ourselves. And so we kind of just like teamed up together. We had very complementary skills and we just, you know, kind of ran around. And I think we, we got there not through, you know, we weren't the smartest, we weren't the best. It was like, we were just constantly grinding and, and, you know, talking to people and sharing what we were doing. And, uh, and I mean, really like the product we created that Mark created was, was amazing. So it found a great home. Um, and then we ran the mobile team at live person once they acquired us for a couple of years. How did you end up selling it though? Like, did they approach you? Did you approach them? Were you looking to get sold? Did they just come up and make you an offer? No, we were actually, uh, like we had raised a little advisory round of $200,000, um, a couple months before. And then, uh, the head of mobile at the time had just, just called us out of the blue, literally called my cell phone. Um, and was like, Hey, this is Ethan Alexander, head of mobile at live person. Like, you know, I'm interested in talking about a partnership. And so we just sort of saw it through and had, had conversations with them about, uh, how they saw mobile moving and how we saw mobile. And um, I think we, you know, we got to meet with their, the founding team and their CFO and the CEO. Yeah. And we just realized that they really had the same vision that we did uh, and decided it was the best opportunity for us. What's your story? How did you ultimately become an entrepreneur? You had a couple companies, you worked for a couple companies. Yeah. So, you know, lay out your story for me. Take me back to the yeah, beginning sure. and how you ultimately got to where you're at. Uh, cause you're a young guy. You've yeah, already had a lot of success at a young age. So 33 now, but, uh, I was born, born and raised in the Midwest. Um, so I went to, so I was from Cincinnati, okay. uh, went to school in Cincinnati and then joined a startup while I was in college called spark people and spark people was sort of this like healthy weight loss community. Um, really amazing founder who'd sold his first company to eBay. And so I learned a lot from him about sort of entrepreneurship and marketing and these things. Uh, and I always, I think one of the important things about my career is that I've always learned from the people around me, right? Yeah. So every time I've worked at a company, I take as much as I can from that founder, from the technology team, or from anybody else. I'm just kind of constantly learning, constantly curious. So I uh, learned a lot from those guys. And then I uh, came out to LA um, about nine years ago. And uh, was working remote for a while, then joined as a CMO of a different company called Virtucon. And there was this guy, this Will Schroeder, who's actually has founded all these different companies and been acquired like eight times. He's yeah. this crazy serial entrepreneur. Um, but he just, he worked the hardest of anybody I've ever met. Like he just would constantly be grinding and just be like getting more work done, headphones on. And so I learned from Will how to really take like a lot of creative energy and like turn it into massive amounts of output. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was just, you know, became part of the entrepreneurial scene. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time, people call it networking, right? But like <laughs> people call it, networking. Yeah, well, I don't think it's really networking, right? When, because I, when you do it for authenticity and you really just want to like be around people who are also like very motivated and really excited about changing the world and building new things, it's, you're not doing it to like, uh, get something. It's, yeah. it's mutually beneficial. Right. You're doing it because like, you just want to be around people who are excited yeah. about change and excited about different things. I love your philosophy about networking and not even necessarily calling it networking and having a whole reframe on it. How really you're just looking for mutually beneficial relationships. Yeah. Founder at Replicated, Grant Miller is joining us. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Mark Lack on Business Rockstars. Who's your favorite entrepreneur? Do you have one? Uh, Elon. Elon Musk? Yeah. Why? 
there's so many great entrepreneurs out there, but Elon is definitely one of those amazing ones who's a game changer. He's just so like, when you see someone just constantly do new things and push the limits over and over again, yeah. I'm just like in constant awe, right? Most people are trying to like, with all due respect, most people are trying to have like that, that level, billion dollar impacts on like the people, you know, affect hundreds of millions of people's lives, billions of people's lives. He's doing that too. He's just doing it in a very unconventional way through mining asteroids with Peter Diamandez, going to Mars. <laughs> He's doing some of the coolest stuff. So yeah. I definitely put Elon in one of my, probably my top five. Yeah. entrepreneurs right it's, now. It's hard when he's got all these crazy successful companies, yeah. right? Like he's just, he's the best. So what are some of the mentors you've had growing up? Cause I feel like a lot of the times, and maybe I'm speaking for myself, but a lot of the times when I run across successful entrepreneurs, it could have just been their parents. It could have been somebody like a Tony Robbins or John Asroff for myself. Um, but a lot of times successful people have successful mentors. So did that, was that the case for you? You know, uh, it, it was in a few ways. I think, um, you know, I look at the, the CEO of the first company I worked for was definitely a mentor. I learned a lot from Chris Downey. Uh, and then, you know, as I sort of, when I moved to LA, I think the first thing I did was I just actually, interesting, I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and watching, you know, shows like this. And, and you get the real sort of founding stories for a lot of different companies and this broad yeah. selection of people. Um, so I'd say, you know, things like Mixergy or the, you know, this show's amazing, right? And I think you look at the entrepreneurial thought leaders uh, from Stanford. It's a great podcast. Yeah. And there's just so many different uh, shows that have this broad selection of entrepreneurs. And you go there and you, and you can download all the content you want and hear how companies were started and then kind of reverse engineer like what made them successful, right? Yeah. And so I think like my first you know, mentors were really you know, podcasts. Um, and since then, I, you know, I've, I've continued to, you know, that pursuit, but I've had a, you know, my first investors have always been amazing. I think uh, there's this guy, Tom McInerney, who's an you know, LA-based angel investor. Um, he wrote the first check for our first company. And there's something special about the first person to like write you an angel investment check. Right? <laughs> I'm sure whether it's six or seven or eight figures, it's got to be nice. Yeah, I mean, it was like 25 grand, right? And yeah. it was like, it, but that made such a difference because it allowed us to like, okay, we can hire, we can like, you know, he, people believe in him, so they'll believe in the company. And, and then he's been an amazing mentor ever since. So on that note, what yeah. has been some of the best advice that a mentor has given you, whether it has to do with your personal life or how it served you as an entrepreneur? You know, I, I think I'll, I'll go back to Tom, which uh, he, Tom just made me realize very early on when I was starting my first company that the role of the CEO is to just make decisions quickly, right? So yeah. one of the things that I think many people falter for is because sort of... Uh, you know, analysis paralysis is the sort of term, but you just spend so much time trying to figure out what the right decision is when really the right decision is action, right? Like people, companies fail because they're default dead and you have to sort of constantly show yeah. signs of life. So just like, just make decision, it might not be right, but like make like, you know, often wrong, never in doubt, these yeah. kind of concepts. So just keep pushing forward. Don't ever, you know, wonder if it was the right choice, just make choices. So what do you think makes you relatable to the aspiring entrepreneurs out there or those beginning entrepreneurs? Because you've been doing this for a while, but yeah. what still makes you relatable to them? You know, I was saying, I think it, uh, I'm from the Midwest, right? So yeah. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went to the state school, the public school in Cincinnati, Ohio, the University of Cincinnati. Um, and I graduated from there. I think oftentimes as a founder, I feel like, you know, all the VCs and like all of the you know, really successful CEOs are running these big companies have this like Ivy League pedigree uh, that is, or the dropouts, right? <laughs> or the dropouts, uh, one or the other. You know, I'm a, I'm like a public, you know, public school kid. So yeah. I think that's, um, you don't have to be, you know, this Ivy League guy in order to, you know, or 
or gal to start a company. You can yeah. have gone to you know your state school, but just really you're excited about business, or really excited about technology, and you want to start something cool. What did you do? Because I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to go a little deeper into it in regards to your self-education. Because you, like me, didn't really enjoy formal education in school. Yeah. And we would spend a lot of time, because we were just laughing about this, ditching class. And me, personally, I was self-educating. I would ditch class to yeah. go and study on the beach in an environment that I really liked. The classroom sure. is an environment where I didn't feel like the teachers were very well educated to teach me on the things that I wanted to achieve in life after school. Yeah. And the classroom was with a bunch of kids that didn't really enjoy it. Um, so for me, I would ditch and I would go and self-educate myself. Sure. And because of my self-education, that's why I'm successful. So what did you do to self-educate yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all, I mean, life is all about curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. I think that success is based in your ability to just be curious about like, how does something work or why does something work or why was something successful uh, and then apply it to the future. So for me, it was just, I was constantly intrigued by uh, what made other founders successful, what made other companies successful, right? It's the, you know, it's reading things like good to great and then like really being interested yeah. in like what makes companies great or reading Elon's uh, biography and understand like what makes him tick. And, you know, for me, that, that was the key was just getting super deep there. And then I've always worked on a ton of side projects. So when I was working for other companies, I was always like trying new things out, trying to start businesses, right? Uh, teaching myself how to program, doing whatever I could to become like really good at a lot of different things. I think that's something important right there to point out is I've noticed a lot of entrepreneurs test. They test, Mm. test, 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 test. That doesn't mean that you don't necessarily find your strength and go deep with it and double down on your strengths, but they're testing different areas of their strengths. They're testing, testing different products, marketing strategies, partners, networking events, Whatever it may be, there's so many different things that you can test. And I love that you brought that up because um, testing is something that I feel like not only is it important in marketing yeah. or when you're trying to create a product, but testing as an entrepreneur in general is really good. Test little challenges and different things like that in your company. I love that. Simple advice. Grant, pleasure having you on the show, brother. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Great. You. I'm Mark Lack on Business Rockstars, connecting a community of entrepreneurs. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. check your credit score. Those three-digit scores can have a huge impact on your financial life. Credit Karma can help you with free scores, free reports, and free monitoring. Credit Karma also gives you the tips, tools, and advice you need to understand your credit and how to improve it. You can even spot potential errors on your credit report. That can mean better interest rates on loans and credit cards, which can save you thousands of dollars in the long run. Signing up is completely free. No credit card needed. Visit creditkarma.com or download the Credit Karma app now. A new poll says more Americans approve of President Trump than they do the big media. That's why millions are tuning in to Newsmax TV, America's new conservative channel. On Newsmax TV, see Bill O'Reilly, Pat Buchanan, Alan Dershowitz, Mike Reagan, and more. Bill O'Reilly's No Spin News Show is on Newsmax TV. Get it on DirecTV Channel 349, Xfinity 1115, Dish 216, UVerse 1220, Fios 615, and Spectrum. Newsmax TV, real news for real people.
You shouldn't have to choose a random lawyer who charges expensive hourly rates when you need legal help. But the legal system is so complicated, what other choice do you have when you need help with your business or want to protect your family? Start with LegalZoom. They make it easy. For more than a decade, they've provided a way for regular people like you and me to confidently navigate the legal system. LegalZoom's not a law firm, and that's how they provide such great value. They don't rely on charging you by the hour. Instead, you'll get transparent pricing and customer reviews so you know exactly what you're getting up front. If you need help with incorporation, LLCs, trademarks, last wills, living trusts, and more, LegalZoom's the smart choice. They've got the right people on hand to answer your questions. And if you need legal advice, their network of independent attorneys can provide the straightforward guidance you need in most states. Don't let legal hurdles become an excuse. Go to LegalZoom.com today to start building your own future the right way. To save even more, enter Rockstar in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com. How can you leverage your passion to grow your company? I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. Joining us to help answer that question is Dallas Michael Sear. He's the creator of Ignite Purpose. Brother, how do we make that happen? You're a living example go, of this, by the way. Go fly a kite. <laughs> yeah, go fly a kite. Uh, so go what fly I, a kite. So what I mean by that is like, I'm a huge proponent in doing whatever, genuinely whatever makes you happy. Live your life out of joy and out of choice versus obligation. So, you know, Ben Franklin, I say go fly a kite as a kind of tongue in cheek, but, and like Ben Franklin discovered electricity right? Flying a kite. Like it's, Mm. it seems silly. Like how is that going to relate to me making more revenue? And this is especially true for men. Um, it's like (laughs) how to, you know, cause we got, we want to be in our logical mind. Well, how does, how does me going to have fun and camping more and hunting with the boys more? And it's like, whatever your spirit is calling you to do, do that. Because the more on passion, you know, the more passionate and on purpose that you are, Mm. that will absolutely equate to raising your frequency. I'm a firm believer in you just need to feel good now. You just need to be in more joy now that will absolutely relate to how you communicate with the people in your office. It will absolutely relate to the way your clients actually see you. And I mean that both on a metaphysical level, a woo-woo level, as well as literally on a physical level, how they will actually see and perceive you because you will be in joy. You will be doing things that uplift you and inspire you, even if it seems Uh, like it's not connected. Even if it seems like, why would I go on vacation or why would I go, you know, go learn that sport that I've been, or learning how to play that instrument that I've been dying to learn. And it's because whatever you're feeling called to do that you're holding back inside of yourself, it's a lack of self-love that is keeping you from receiving whatever it is that you're desiring, whether it's more revenue, whether it's the next team member on your team, whether it's the love in your life, right? You keeping yourself from having that joy around whatever that thing is, is an energetic block inside of you that is blocking other things too. It's very counterintuitive that by having more self-love, being more passionate, taking time away from work absolutely. for those things just because, is somehow going to help you make more money and have a bigger impact. <laughs> absolutely. It's counterintuitive. So for the person who says, great, yeah. I understand that showing up in life, business, my health, mm-hmm. and everything— how I show up will be a direct reflection of how the, the world is going to perceive me and the things I'm going to receive back. Mm-hmm. 
But how can people, like step by step, how can they show up from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they show up at work to the time they're done at work, go back home to their friends, their family, whatever that is, to the time they go to bed and start the whole cycle over? How can people show up more? Yeah. Because that's what it is. Being Leveraging your passion to grow your company is about showing up. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Essentially, it's a massive component. And I say, you know, start the day with you. Mm. So that's a big thing. Uh, we've heard it as like the, the you know, Hal Elrod, the Miracle Morning. We've yeah. heard the Hour of Power, Tony Robbins. There's multiple people yeah. who have spoken about making the the first thing in the in the morning yourself making you a priority and i absolutely believe that making just so what i tell people is like you know i'm so busy how do i and you just begin to create space so morning time is a great time to create yeah. space one tip that i gave a client who was just harry carry uh <laughs> that you know it, how do how do i create space when i've got two kids my husband works i'm building a business i come home exhausted and i started giving her the advice of creating micro breaks so Every time that she would uh, walk into work or leave work or walk into the house or leave the house when she would go in the car, set a 60-second timer. 60 seconds and just sit. And then start your car. 60 seconds and then get out of your car and walk into the car. Mm. 60 seconds. It can total up to four to eight minutes a day. Begin with that. Create the space. Because what I found is that when the voice became the most loud for me and I recognized the relationship that I was in was not right for me, the business and career path that I was in was not right for me and it was actually killing me. The friends that I was with were um, are amazing people, yeah. but we just weren't on the same connection and path anymore. When that happened was when I was on a five-star you know, hotel room on a balcony celebrating the biggest success of my career and I had a moment where the, where the girl I was with was getting ready in the, in the bathroom and I'm just sitting there taking it all in, thinking to myself, I finally did it. And within that space of just sitting there, finally slowing down with my eye off the goal for just one minute, it became abundantly clear. The voice spoke up so loud I couldn't ignore it anymore. You're not happy. And so I love that you said that it, for the people out there who say, I don't have the time to blank, you're saying it just takes 60 seconds. Create Creator it. of, ig- it. exactly, create the 60 seconds. Create, create it. Creator of Ignite Purpose, Dallas Michael Sears joining us. And we're talking about how you can leverage your passion to grow your company. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars. We're here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. And we've gone over some really good, simple, practical steps. I think the 60 second one is fantastic. Everyone has that. I do the same thing throughout the day because I've heard similar advice. And it's like, just take the time to take a few deep breaths. Break the space, yeah. Recalibrate, Absolutely. just come back to you and get grounded. Yeah. What are some other simple ways that people can leverage their passion to grow their company and just have a better quality of life? Yeah, stop believing the lie. We, we, have, we have this lie that we've been conditioned that there's these circumstances outside of ourselves mm. that are outside of our control. So I don't necessarily believe in control, so this might seem a little, a little yeah. uh, sideways or hypocritical. I believe in being like really opening up and creating space to be and letting divine spirit and creation come through and having that guide my actions because then I start creating from a place of ease and grace versus obligation and have to. We, we give motivation a bad, a bad name, right? 
some people think being motivated is is somehow being inspired by 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 somebody on stage who's going to give you the rah rah speech and get you to do something you don't want to do. Yeah, and to 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 go to an event like that or right. to find motivation means that there's something wrong with me. Yeah, That's exactly. The perception. Yeah, there's something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And this person's going to inspire me to go do what I'm not wanting to do right now. So so how can I do the thing I don't want to do? Motivate me. How do I get motivated? How can I you know? And it's all about force and exercising your will, and it's all about it's basically manipulation. Yeah. How can I manipulate myself to do the thing I don't want to do? And my advice is don't do the thing you don't want to do. If you don't want to do it, then just don't do it. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Loved it. You're, Loved you're, it, brother. man. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Pleasure having you on. I'm Mark Lack. This is Business Rockstars, connecting a community of entrepreneurs is what we do. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at businessrockstars.com. 